Thank you so much. Rishus, Harav Tversky, Harav Wolf, Harav Shachta, Harav Glatt, and uh, other rabbis in the audience. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming out this evening. My topic is perhaps even more enigmatic than Rav Tversky's. It was, if you saw the flyers, Zochreinu Lechayim, which means remember us for life, but the inverse. Rav Tversky spoke about taking a question mark and instead putting a period or an exclamation point. The graphic designer on Zochreinu Lechayim, which I would have punctuated with a period or an exclamation point, put in a question mark. Zochreinu Lechayim? Remember us for life? That's quite an enigmatic topic and I'm sure that the uh, uh, arrangers of this Torah presentation knew what they were doing. So it's my job is to try to figure out what they were doing. Perhaps together we'll try to figure out what my theme is for this evening. So Chweinu L'chaim is the first introduction that we have to the special tefillos of the Yom Naroim. It's repeated in each and every Shmon Esrei for ten days. It's the very first one of the four extra tefillos we say. But Zechreinu L'chaim is just the first two words. And I believe that in order to understand tonight's theme, one must refer immediately to the last of the four phrases which make up that insertion. And that is, L'mancho Elohim Chaim. So, remember us Hashem for life. On Rosh Hashanah, to Adah Saras, we realize that our lives hang in the balance. That, as the Rabbonim, in particular those from, from Beis Brisk, have emphasized, there are no Chazokas. We cannot assume that because we were alive last Rosh Hashanah, we're alive next Rosh Hashanah. And every year there are too many examples, too many examples which prove this point. But why do we want to live? So, the most primal instinct a person wants to live, it's, it's built into our DNA, the wish to survive. But why? is the resounding answer which must inform the first two words of the plea as well. Which means, it's not enough to stop Zechreinu L'chaim now with a comma or with a period or an exclamation point. Zechreinu L'chaim must be connected to L'mancha L'okim Chaim. You ask Hashem to give us life not for our own sake but for the sake of Hashem. Now that's a powerful statement. People want to live the survival instinct that exists in the jungle. Survival of the fittest. That's quite primitive. Truth to tell, it exists even within the animal kingdom. But, for us, as loyal members of Kalal Yisrael, we were placed into this world, Leman Chalokim Chaim. Hashem placed us here. He placed us in this world 
Why? As the Ramchal, Rav Moshe Chaim Lutzatav explains, it's Chok Hatov Lehetiv. Hashem is the ultimate good and wants to do good for us. He wants to give us reward in the next world. He places us into this world where we have challenges. If we pass the tests, there is that great reward. But even that is somewhat self-serving. If we want the reward for ourselves, as I used to hear from my Rosh Hashiva Rabbi Goldzatzal, he would tell us that we ask for reward so that HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kebeyochel should enjoy giving us the reward. In order to enable Hashem, as it were, the ultimate tov to be native. So of course, L'manachal Okim Chaim, for your sake, so you should be able to reward us a year of life in this world and reward in the next world for your sake. And we can only get that reward if we in fact fulfill your commandments. This is a fundamental principle and it informs everything we do in life. The ultimate value that the Torah attaches to human life and we're now speaking in the context of Am Yisrael but it applies even beyond. We're going to focus on Am Yisrael is demonstrated in the words of a Chazal which are found in the Siddur nothing so esoteric in the Siddur we read about the value of life and even the value of a moment of life Yofa Shoh Achas V'tshuhu Masim Tovim Ba'olam Azeh Mikol Chai Olam Wow. You speak about the ultimate reward of the next world, but one hour, which means really one moment, of tshuva and good deeds in this world is yafa, is more significant than the entirety of Chayal Emavah. Which again proves the point. That we are here in this world for tshuva and masim tovim, so that Hashem should, as it were, be happy with what we are doing. And that's why this one hour, this one moment is so significant. And here, we have to understand that once again, echoing Rav Tversky Shalita, assimilationist values have crept in even to the very core of Kalal Yisro. And I'd like to discuss question mark from two perspectives the first is our understanding of the infinite value of life and that even though in the outside world murder can be a capital offense is a different outlook a different perspective on a murderous act which we do not share. We are different than the nations of the world in this context. What opens the Chumash 
to Pashas Masay. Perek Lamed Hey. There we are taught that someone is guilty of murder. There is capital offense. But it goes a step further than that. Don't accept ransom. Kimos Yumas. He has to be killed. Implying that in other parts of the world, ransom, money, can somehow atone even for murder. And the poster goes on in conclusion. What does that mean? We know what the word chanifa means colloquially. It's flattery. Flattery. You should not flatter the land. How do you flatter land? What do the words mean? And what's the connection to an act of murder? I'd like to read to you the words of Hagon of Moshe Feinstein's Zatzal in his Darash Moshe on this pasuk. He explains. All civilized nations consider murder to be a terrible crime. But the chile gadol between them and us. They, mitzad yishuva olam. Once again, and the nations of the world are concerned that murder should not take place because of yishuva olam, because of the importance of the existence and the flourishing and the safety of society. Here too, shloma shel malchus ilmole mora ish esreyu chayim below. Were not for the fear of the government, people would eat each, eat each other up alive. So for society to function properly, there must be punishment commensurate with the act of murder. And here's Rabbi Moshe's words. Therefore, if you think, you think that this other fellow, he is not contributing to the Shloma Shalmachos of the Yeshiva Olam, you can kill him. That's why there are wars in the world. I didn't do anything wrong. By my killing this individual, this whole people, I'm fixing up society. And here's the key line. If you do not believe in the infinite value of the Yofah Shoachas that's greater than all of Olam Abba, so someone who is going to die anyway, he's a, a terminal disease, can only live a few weeks or months, or someone who's that old and can't contribute positively to society anymore, it's not worth the effort. But the Torah says no. Chashivas ha'odam, ha'odam. Even if ein sorech bol liyishav ha'olam, the same exact prohibition exists. Even for chayeshah, you can't kill anybody. Give me mechal shabbos. Therefore, if someone kills another, he thinks the other one is mechal kliyishav ha'olam, who machnif la'aret kipshuto, he flatters the land. 
that human life is secondary to the needs of society at large. And therefore, when society at large is not served by this individual, it's not a crime to kill him. And therefore, it stands to reason that I can take Kofir, the guy to save his life, will give $10 million. With these $10 million, you can do so many good deeds, so many good things. Because for you, a person is secondary to the land. And if you are machnif es you tell the land, land, you are king. We human beings are secondary to you. But the truth is not that way. The emma is the other way around. Ha'aretz tofer la'odam. So therefore I tell you, Zochreinu l'chaim sometimes is with a question mark. Someone's in a hospital and the situation is grim. Prognosis is bad. Or it's only a matter of time. Zochreinu l'chaim. We should do something to extend this person's life. And so we wish, we say, absolutely yes. Absolutely yes. But it's only a matter of an extra week. Absolutely yes. Yofa shoachas. Tshuva masin tovim. The Meiri explains that if a person is found under a mound of rubble on Shabbos, and the doctors say, you can't, can't save him, he's going to die. You can keep him alive for an hour. Mechal Shabbos, he can do tshuva in that one hour. He can do a mitzvah in that one hour. Let us go back to understand what are we supposed to do with the life which is given to us. Is life worth living? The answer obviously is yes, no matter what. But fundamentally, from our own perspective, what are we supposed to be doing with the lives that we've been granted? We're given an extra year of life what are we supposed to do with that year of life? So of course, we can speak generically, Torah, Masim Tovim, Mitzvahs, Chesed, all this is certainly true. But, the fascinating phrase found in the Torah, which calls into question what we've said until now, A great person, a very great person, expresses herself, expresses herself with the words, Lama li chayim. Lama li chayim. Why should I have life? Im lokeach Yaakov ishle mibnos cheis ka'ela mibnos arts as Esav did. Lama li chayim. What is life to me? This indicates a very strong strain within our own community of the fact that for life to be meaningful, there must be continuity. And Rivka is saying, Esav has gone the wrong way. If Yaakov goes that way too, Lama Lichayim. Doesn't mean that Rivka was going to take her own life. But what's the purpose of my life? I want to live to be able to give birth to another generation who will continue in the way of Hashem. And to use the words today, who will marry Jewish. 
And as we heard from Avtorsky Shalita, intermarriage is not a new problem. It existed in the time of Ezra and Nehemiah. But for those of us in the audience who are old enough to remember back to pre-1960, when intermarriage in this country was a single-digit phenomenon, with a fairly short span, rose to be Khalila majority in the broader Jewish community, you understand that before your eyes, in your lifetime, is a sea change caused by many factors. Non-affiliation, the exit from the so-called ghettos not of Europe where there were walls around us but let's say from the Bronx where I happen to live right now where Jews were not observant but they met each other in the, in the local schools or in the parks and they married Jewish when they moved to the suburbs and sent their children to university campuses throughout the country that deterrent disappeared and since the commitment is not that strong in the first place as the rabbis have put it in the Sech Brachas, you take a boy and you put him in what the Gemara calls a Shuk Shilzonos with other things that Gemara describes What should this child do and not sin? Comes up with a non-Jewish girlfriend wants to marry her Why is it his fault? He wasn't taught differently This is true as my Rebbe of Salavezhi described such a scene precisely way back when, when someone sent a child to a sect of the cows and complained, coming back with a knowledge, what were you thinking? How much more so when the whole spirit within these secular colleges today is one of absolute promiscuity? How does one send a child to such a campus? I do not understand. Can't figure it out. And yes, I'm sorry to say that's in the core not in the periphery. We're not discussing non-Shomer Shabbos people. Don't Shomer Shabbos people. I can't understand. But I found it remarkable that the same phrase Rivka Imenu Lo Moli Chaim is paraphrased by no less an authority than the Vilna Gaon. The Vilna Gaon is commenting on a Pasuk in Mishle. Pasuk says, "Hachazek b'musar al teref." Hold on to musar and don't let go, even for a moment. Because if you let go for a moment, as the Gon puts it, you can calmly say, "Rifyon," means weakness. And as the Gon put it elsewhere, if you're not going up, chalila v'chas, you can go down. Another pasuk in Mishlei. The way of life for someone who's thinking about it is to go up. Because the alternative is not staying in one place, it's going down. No rifyon. Don't let go for a second. This is your life. What is your life? You know, there used to be a program. This is your life. Tell you all your stories about what you did this, you did this, you did this. But that's not what Shlomo Melech had in mind. What is your life? Listen to the words of the Vilna Gong. That a person lives 
who kedei lishbar mashaloshavar alheina also hamida is to break whatever he hasn't broken so far in terms of negative character traits. Lachain tzarech tomen lishchazek. You must always hachzik v'musar become stronger and somehow eliminate an additional negative trait that you have. And he concludes, V'yim lo yishazek. And if you will not become stronger and not eliminate an additional bad character trait, here are his words, Lama lo chayim. I would have put a question mark, but in this version they put an exclamation point. Lama lo chayim. What does he have to life? The Vilna Gaon is telling us, Zachwein al-Lechayim, what is it to life? Improving ourselves. And he's talking specifically not about improving ourselves in mitzvahs and masam tovim. That's for sure critical. But in the context of the Sefer Mishlei, Hasik Musr, not discussing learning another Daf Gemara, which is of course important, davening with more kavana, giving more tzedakah, all this is important, critical. But the Vilna Gaon is focusing here on what he calls raking a bad midah. And if not, What's the per- why must he live? That's a scary, scary comment that the Vilna Gaon makes. As we say, and as Sarah made Teshuvah, we have to stand, understand, therefore, that there's no question mark. It's a period, an exclamation point. But the purpose of life, says the Vilna Gaon, is to improve our character traits. And this is no easy accomplishment. Of Yisrael Salanta was the expert on Musar. He founded the Musa movement. He is alleged to have said that it's more difficult to break even one Midah than to finish all of Shas. It's before Dafyomi. It was harder then, before Atzko. It was harder then, but even harder than that is to break even a single Midah. And yet the Vilnagon demands this of us. And without this, but the implication to paraphrase what Rav Tversky said before is that as difficult as it may seem it must be possible since our lives are invaluable and the gone tells us that we have to improve our amidos, it must be possible. Is it difficult? Absolutely. Long before Rabbi Yisrael Salanta taught us, the Rambam himself, in Perek Zayin and Nechus Shuvah, tells us, don't think for a moment that Shuvah is only relevant to specific acts which fall under the category of sinful. Someone was stealing, someone involved in illicit relationships. Those are the examples that the Rambam gives. There are many others. Shabbos, Kashras, you name it. No, says the Rambam. One must 
improve in the area of what he calls deos, that we call midos, as well. And he rattles off a whole bunch. Time does not allow to discuss in detail all of these character traits, but just to give you a, a sample of them, my recollection there, there are seven deadly sins. Anger. Anger. Kas. It's, it's, it's very hard to overcome. People have tendencies. Of course, there are different innate character traits. As again we read in Pirkeiavos, this Noach Lichos and Noach Lirzos. You all know the very the four categories. Whatever category you're in, there's always room for improvement in this area. Gava, self-centeredness, another phenomenon which unfortunately is part of the assimilation of which Rav Tursky spoke. Society today in America is narcissistic, self-absorbed. People think only from their own perspective. I spoke about it in the summer in camp and to demonstrate how it's becoming so ubiquitous, I, in my hands, it was on Shabbos, but I went like this. Today, everyone is interested in selfies and they're taking the pictures of themselves from 10 different angles and they're posting it in all kinds of I don't know exactly how they do it but there are ways that everyone knows it's, it's really outrageous it's outrageous and not only does it destroy any sense of modesty but it shows such a, an absorption of oneself how one looks this is in the outside world but it it permeates into our world as well. Not just in terms of the selfies that a person is constantly projecting his, own, his or her own image in the outside world, but even the privacy, the hallmark of Jewish life is now gradually disappearing, even within, again, circles of, of Shomer Shabbos. I, I'm sorry to say it, but I have to say it because it bothers me so much. There's now a new phenomenon of young men and women becoming engaged with the cameras rolling. Including across the street from my yeshiva. And then there's cameras are rolling and there's know, selfies and non-selfies. And right away it's projected on what happened to the tzniyas, the modesty, the beauty of a per- two individuals deciding that they're going to spend their lives together in the private, in privacy. Privacy, that's where the emotions belong. I heard from the Rav, Rav Soloveitchik, more than once. I think he quoted from his father, if I'm not mistaken. That a person's emotions are the Kurdish Kadashim, The sanctum sanctorum, the inner sanctum. Not to just be displayed for the rest of the world in a crass manner. This is a midah, the midah of Tzniyus. Don't just count Tzniyus by you know, how a person is dressed. That is an element of sneers. But sneers is a sense of modesty, of humility, of privacy, which is critical. Critical. Being forgotten gradually, because once again, our amidos, or the Raman calls them deos, are influenced by those around us. 
As Yama writes in Hilchos Deus, Deus Amidos. Redifas Hamamon. The rest in the Rambam. Running after money. Money is important, no question about it. But Redifa means running. It's inappropriate. A person is supposed to earn a livelihood, support a family, support the community, give charity, 100%. But not to run after money, as we heard so eloquently before, because of the physical dimension that it gives a person the ability to spend in an ostentatious fashion. You've always been taught if you have it, don't flaunt it. Going back to Yaakov Avinu, Loma Tisro, don't let others know what you have. And as the Kliyaka writes in Devarim, Pnulachem Tzafona, quoting that from Yaakov Avinu. Tzafona means hide it. Tzafun. And he writes there that the fact that Achenu B'nei Yisrael flaunted wealth that they had or maybe they even they didn't have. That's a problem today as well. It caused the terrible jealousy of the nations around us and led to terrible anti-Semitism. That was true and is true. To which I add, unfortunately, it causes jealousy and even dishonesty within the Jewish community itself when people try to keep up with certain standards that they cannot match. So Redifa Samamon is a midah. And the Rambam tells us we must do tshuva on midos. Otherwise, as a groan says, Lama l'chaim. Sure, zechreinu l'chaim. And let's not forget, after zechreinu l'chaim, at the end of the Shemon Esrei, b'seifa chayim, barucha v'sholem, u'parnasa tova. Yes, you want a parnasa tova. There's nothing wrong with parnasa tova. It's great. But it shouldn't become lower to the level of redifa samama. Right, the Rambam? Redifas are covered. People are running after honor. Honor. This honor, of course, is illusory. But people, unfortunately, will do terrible things for the sake of honor. And here, as the Bali Musa have explained, if a person wants a lot of money and he gets half the money that he wants, okay, he has half. But if he wants honor and gets half the, money that he, half the honor that he wants, he has nothing. Because it's not up to the standard that he thinks for himself. He deserves a higher degree of honor. My father, Zechron and Lebrach, will tell us a story of a guest in a strange place on Yom Kippur who sat next to an individual who was a talus over his head and he's banging a shamnu like we, as we all do and he adds commentary Ich bin agornished over and over again every time he bangs Ich bin agornished I'm a nothing I'm a nothing he's such an impressive fellow wow alright a few minutes later they finish Shachwis and Kriya Satorah 
and he calls up Ko and Levi Shlishi this guy gets called up for Ravi so he comes to the Bima and starts screaming at the Gabbai yelling and screaming how dare you give me Ravi apparently in Europe Ravi was some kind of a not such a ah, Ravi and Yom Kippur it's not some a Ravi yelling screaming okay comes back to his seat so the stranger the guest says excuse me my dear friend forgive me I couldn't help over here. You were saying, if we're not garnished, if we're not garnished. So what was going on up there when the Gabba gave you a revi? So the fellow says, I don't understand you. I was taught to Kodesh Baruch Hu, and compared to Kodesh Baruch Hu, ich we're not garnished. But the guy got shlishi, it's a bigger garnish. How'd the Gabba give him shlishi out of me? <laughs> no, wait a minute. He got, most people don't want any other Yom Kippur. He got a Bekovedik Aliyah, but not Bekovedik enough. So if you get half the covet you think you deserve, you have zero. Says the Rambam, Redifa Sakovet. We've seen families disintegrate over Redifa Samaman. We've also seen them, and even communities disintegrate, over Redifa Sakovet. Mibarosh goes back to the very beginning. The very beginning. When Yerav and Benavot, according to Achazal, as they, they explain the, the Gemara, was promised to be ahead of David HaMelech in the Teal and Ganeden. But because he asked, Mi Barosh, he lost it, and Hashem said, Ben, ben Yisha Barosh, Iyoch Ilobin, I don't want it. But you don't want it! He has such a high level of covenant. It's you, and then David, Hashem, David and you. you that's better than Shlishi. that Ravi. No. He has more. I have nothing. Nothing. He has more. The Raman goes on and talks about Redifa Samacholos. The Raman was a doctor, of course, so he knew eating too much was no good. Raman always says, leave, leave something over on the plate. Unfortunately, in today's world, this is the problem. It's a problem of Midas. People are a little too, as we say, Megushim, concerned about the physical world. And it's also, I see there are many doctors in the room, it's a health problem. It's a health problem which we are reading in certain statistics is now perhaps even surpassing the smoking problem. Smoking has been cut down greatly. Still a terrible, terrible problem. You're not allowed to do it. The Torah is not allowed to do it. But I'm told that obesity is now exploding in this country. The fast foods, they'll do lifestyles, whatever the reason. And they're here too. We're influenced by the outside world. Eating became like a kind of a religion. You know, a, a new restaurant, another restaurant, another restaurant. And of course, with all with perfect hashkachas. But the the theme is wrong. The emphasis is wrong. And as the Rambam says, we have to do tshuva on these mitos of redifa samachalos. Much, much more can be said. But my time is almost up, so I want to conclude. How do we begin? So chreinu lechayim. Question mark. We began to discuss 
as a continuation to Rav Tursky's remarks about assimilation. How assimilation has impacted our outlook on life. Perhaps, as Rav Moshe explained, life is secondary, human life is secondary to, to the earth, to utilitarianism. And money can be used to redeem a life. And it's not worth saving a life of an older person or someone who has a terminal illness. Notwithstanding the fact that there's plenty of Yafa Shoachas Betshuvim Asantovim, which we consider to be of infinite value. We mentioned about suicide. Again, to my mind, coming from the outside world, reaching staggering proportions in Torah society. It's frightening. And yes, we speak about the purpose of life. Breaking Midos, as the Vilna Gaon said. That's a difficult challenge. In just two weeks, in just two weeks, that's it. Precisely two weeks from tonight, we're going to say for the first time, Zochreinu Lechaim. Remember us for life. Two weeks is a long time and it's a short time. It's a long time for each and every one of us to take these lessons to heart. It's a short time that nobody who's here today, who's listening, should be able to forget what we've been discussing. So when you say those words, Zochreinu Lechaim, cross out that question mark on the flyer. Rip it up. And substitute an exclamation point. Hashem! We want to live! We want to live for your sake. And we have to just really mean it, not just say it. Because Hashem knows what we're thinking. That's the whole theme of Rosh Hashanah. That Hashem knows exactly what's going on inside. The Odea Machshavas Biyom Din. We have these two weeks to work on these lessons, to replace the question mark with an exclamation point, and to remember that Zachreinu Lechaim is bound up with the Manchalukim Chaim. There's so much that each and every person in this room can do as we say, Leman Hashem. For the sake of Hashem, to help other people, to do our mitzvahs and ma'asim tovim, to learn more Torah, to break the bad meters. We all have bad meters, some more, some less. The Golan promise is always room to improve, and you must improve. If you don't improve, he's questioning. Wow! It's my tefillah and a bracha. All of us will be inspired by our coming together in preparation for Rosh Hashanah. Chazal tell us in a different context that perhaps you need two weeks so before Pesach the context you need two weeks to prepare we need two weeks to prepare for Rosh Hashanah but each and every one of us use this time wisely in emphasizing the infinite value we place on human life the realization that human life is valuable in all circumstances. We dare not cheapen it, not try to save it, Khalil Vakas to take it. To recognize that aside from the extra mitzvahs, everyone does extra mitzvahs the last few weeks of the year, we blow shofar, we say tillim, we're gonna say slichas starting next week. Don't forget the mitzvahs.
Don't forget that in these last days of Tov Shana and Vav, our foremost challenge and primary responsibility is to break the bad midas. If we are Mishchazek, then we deserve the Chaim, Lamancha Elohim Chaim.